Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Was this ending always the plan for Darben? No. Oh. So there was always going to be an epic death just because in terms of... Um, I just think in terms of like just bringing that story psychologically for Carol, like to a close, I think was always the best thing. You know, you don't want to think, did she defeat her? Is this over? Is she going to be kind of doomed to this life of feeling guilty about this whole thing, you know, forever and ever? Or is she going to get this redemptive moment where Dub ends out of the picture and then she gets to almost take on the mantle of what she was trying to do. You know, it's a really redemptive arc for that character. Zowie, thank you so much for hanging with us on Phase Zero. We really appreciate you talking Marvel with us. It's it's literally my pleasure. We haven't been able to talk about it at all. So I know. This is a gorgeous thing to do. Thank you. Of course. So we, we just have some fun questions for you. We're going to celebrate you being a part of the Marvel's part of the MCU. And I want to start at the beginning with you. Uh, just going back to like auditioning for the role. What kind of secrets did they keep from you at the beginning how much information did they tell you what was the conversation at home like when you know your loki's there right next to you like you know how, how kind of advice did you get just that that first step into the mcu what was that all like for you great question i mean i have to be honest i didn't I, weirdly enough i didn't audition for this role i've auditioned for many marvel roles before um you know and the process is usually the same you have like these sides that are dummy sides, sides meaning like these small pieces of script that you go in and you prepare and you say, but you have no idea the character that you might be playing or you have no idea of the movie. And then the movie comes out and you're like, huh, it was that character. Wow. Oh, I get it now. Um, um, so with this, my audition really was just meeting Nia and we had this amazing connection over um zoom during covid talking about a completely different movie and when covid was kind of you know being worked through in terms of being able to get back to set and stuff she was like i have this new job i want you to be in this movie i was like what movie she's like captain marvel 2 i was like okay so it was more a conversation and then it was full throttle getting the information, understanding the character, understanding that Darben was not necessarily a character that we knew very well from the comic book source material and just having to build out um, this villain and uh, have her go up against the most powerful person in the universe, you know, and how that was all going to look and sound and work. And um, so that was kind of my, my entry point, really. 
That ties perfectly into my first question, which is I'm a huge comic fan. I bought Darben's first appearance right before the movie came out. I was so happy. But she is a character that has not a lot of comic precedent around her. How does that impact the process of kind of being able to put your own stamp on her? I think it impacts it quite a lot. You know, I think um, you have you have to do a lot of of work joining the dots because, you know, one of the things I've become so aware of is how much respect you need to put on the fans' names when it comes to Marvel. You know, this isn't just a world that existed because, like, actors and directors came along and went, hey, we've got this great idea. You know, this is a world and a fandom that existed for a very, very long time. So I had to admit that was, like, a lot of pressure. You know, I wanted to get it right. I wanted us all to get it right. Um, and at the same time, I wanted us to take that free reign and that kind of artistic license that we had because she's not hugely known or he originally was not hugely known. You know, for me, um, the the gender swap thing, I think lots of, lots of people had a lot to say. I, I don't know. I didn't read anything, but I have a lot of comic book self-proclaimed nerd friends. And they're like, so yours isn't going to go down. You know, and I was like, Eek. But actually, I don't. I don't necessarily see it so much as this epic swap as not a variant, obviously. But you is there like a building on something that maybe was ripe for for building on, um, and and so, and so yeah, it was it was scary, but it was that also is such fun. a fascinating answer i one thing i've been dying to know since watching the movie your costumes are so incredible how does putting on such massive shoulder pads in the coat that you wear kind of help with the process of getting into character it helps hugely because um you probably know about this but one of the first things that i learned in the stunt gym with our most amazing stunt team who basically are the people along with the vfx and production teams and you know and all the heads of department they are the people who make these movies right really from the inside because they make people like me look like i've been doing what they've been doing for a really long time um and one of the first things you have to learn is something that i now dub marvel shoulders so there's like normal shoulders then there's like shoulders that you think are going to make you look powerful when you're doing the stunt work. And they're like, mm -mm. you have to like, like these are marble shoulders, right? There's a, you're basically your shoulder blades are touching in the back. And so building that out in terms of costume and, and how that helped me move physically was amazing actually. And I will say, you know, maybe more than anything, the hair and makeup, um, was a massive transformative moment. You know, the moment we decided to have this kind of light gray, lilac-y hair that was kind of very otherworldly and this grill that was like, a for me, a nod to the sort of silverware that the original Darben has in the comics, like the big kind of metal helmet. You know, I was like, we need to carry that through as a thread somehow. we got to have some metallic something somewhere. And it ended up being, you know, in the teeth as this grill. Um, obviously the Cree crazy green eye situation was like a, a huge step as well. Um, and then all of this stuff around my hammer, like the hammer was a big thing. You know, you got to respect the hammer. You have to learn how to move with it. And it became like a friend. The I named her Teresa. 
that uh that ham this is actually you're you're really leading us into our next question so so perfectly i don't know how you thank you uh, but my next question is actually the kree hammer that you're using us marvel nerds when we first saw it in the trailer we're immediately like that's that thing ronan had in guardians of the galaxy so when you're when you see that prop when you first get introduced to the character does that become part of the conversation like are you made aware of that connection or do you already know it because you watch cards like how does that all come into play for the performance because for us it's such a fun part of the storytelling we love making the connections does that impact you and your work as darben at all i knew about that connection because i had seen the movie <laughs> but i gotta be honest with you because i'm not gonna be able to fake it with you guys we didn't really talk about the huge connection right of the hammer it we just we just knew it was a huge cree artifact mm. Uh, we didn't know so much into the backstory of the hammer. I wish we had. But in our story, the hammer and, and this ancient bangle, obviously, which is so much in Ms. Marvel's world, were working sort of in tandem. So that was more the conversation. It was like, how do these powers create larger powers? Like, how do I use the hammer in order to get where I need to go in this particular movie, which is like making jump points or, um, you know, like feeding off the power in the bangle in order to get more physical strength more immunity whatever it might be so it was more about that talking mm. about the the hammer in this world did you keep it but obviously yeah ronan and i i have not kept the hammer <laughs> not why maybe they just want to put it in a museum or something but i do have like a rubbery fake hammer that i took home to practice which it is counts. still hell yeah, yeah. That's fun. That's fun. eBay. What do we think? What do you think my chances <laughs> oh, are? Oh, forget it. I mean, oh listen, my gosh. If, if some, for some reason, the acting thing doesn't work out, yeah. I think maybe there's like a, a good, oh, good chunk of the mortgage paid for in yeah. a Marvel prop. <laughs> Noted. Noted. Yeah. And I will be the first bidder. Absolutely. Uh, Darben's Dar motivations. I really, really liked how they go back to the events of the end of the first Captain Marvel movie. I really thought that was a clever connection. And so there's so much time in between the events of Captain Marvel and now we're post Endgame. We're post, you know, we're 2023, 24, sometime much later in the MCU. Uh, and a lot has happened. Thanos, the blip, all these kind of crazy events, both on Earth and in the cosmos. I, is that something like just much like the hammer? Is that something you all discussed? Did you get an opportunity to kind of fill in the blanks on Darben? Ben's backstory since the first Captain Marvel or did you have to do that on your own and what was on the page was what was on the screen and that was as far as you went that was where we began I feel like I had my own Marvel encyclopedia on set which was Iman Vellani if you need to know <laughs> anything just go to Iman it's why she will be the center of this universe for many years to come uh it, it's why she should have like a a ring or something that we should all kiss if we make a movie with her she should just be like anointed somehow um so she was amazing for that but quite honestly there was a lot of artistic license that had to be used in terms of the relationship to captain marvel but hopefully people think because we worked really hard on it that in terms of a representation of the Cree and sort of building out some of the more emotional beats of the Cree and a little bit more of their situation and history. Um, hopefully everyone thinks that that was sort of successful because that was like a really huge part of the responsibility that I felt like I was carrying. Um, something Nia wanted to get right. We all wanted to get right. Um, this people have been 
part of this universe for a very long time. And obviously we know Carol's history with them, but in terms of like inserting Darben's story of vengeance uh, into that, we, we did have to apply this artistic license, but hopefully the main meat and potatoes of that story, which is how much confusion Carol has after these huge events that surround her in the create like hopefully that part of it has been built out and I think also to get a glimpse into Carol's psychology like you're saying at the end of the first movie and where she's at now in terms of like am I a hero am I a villain when people are calling me the annihilator like that somehow rings true and it's it's painful and how do you know how do I put this right um I as a as a, an actor found that a, a very interesting uh choice yeah, that's agree. so fascinating so when it came time to fight carol in the movie you're also fighting monica and kamala as well um as the one person who's not swapping in and out during those fight scenes how was that was that a challenge in any way i think i'm still sweating <laughs> i think i still have sweat patches from that time um do you know what it was absolutely amazing and i have to say like we have to put respect on every uh actor who's come through this universe's name, who's had this physical work to do because it is not easy and it's an endurance test. And even if you're like a great level of fit, you know, you haven't done stunts probably before to this level. And there are these different ways that you have to enter into them. You know, you're you're doing them to feel like you're physically fighting someone, but also you have powers that are like alien and otherworldly so your body has to move in different ways you know for the camera you need to look epic like look at your amazing batman in the in the background there you know you can't just be like i'm like throwing a punch from the hip you know you've got to be like i'm coming out here and round and like you know to create those epic comic book style mm-hmm. moves um it's challenging. So anyway, I had an amazing team. I love the team. I cry when I talk about the team of some people I worked with. They looked after me. They trained me. They believed in me. I loved doing it. I did every stunt that I was allowed to insurance-wise do. Um, <laughs> and I actually, not all of the fighting made it to the screen. There's one epic fight that didn't go in and is maybe on some extras if you want to go blu-ray with this but um it was amazing and each of the women has a different fighting style so you're always kind of coming up against this different style and like finding out the ways that you battle each one of them individually based on what you know about their fighting style was so much fun like one of them, you just have to do a lot of blocking because they come in from a certain way or another one, you have to go in with a hammer or just like like a real villain would, you know, picking out what their weaknesses and strengths were um, as a character was just so satisfying. And then bringing Matt to life physically was was honestly awesome, guys. Like I can't really say enough about that side of it. I loved it. Yeah. 
That's awesome. Uh, so you mentioned the the a fight scene that got put up, left on the cutting room floor. One of my favorite things about home releases is we get to see a lot of the deleted scenes. And with Marvel movies, there's always seemingly kind of shifts and changes and adaptation along the way as they kind of test the movie and do these things and kind of maybe change their mind about some things. I love to hear about what we could expect, some stuff we didn't see that you might have shot, uh, and how like how many different versions of sort of stories or action beats or sequences in the Marvels existed while you were working on it a lot a lot, like, a lot. <laughs> that checks out that checks out <laughs> it checks out um you know this was a this was a film with a lot of moving parts and certainly from darben's perspective from my perspective the Cree story is so big that you couldn't delve into all of it because it would have overwhelmed this like essentially you know like girls trip story that we need to really invest in you know these women going from not knowing each other to becoming kind of colleagues and then this beautiful friendship that blossoms um so there there was a lot we had to leave on the cutting room floor in terms of darben uh how much of it will make the dvd extras i don't know but you should definitely go check it out i had to do a lot of reshooting um which is just how these things work you know all good but i just so happened to have had a baby before i did those reshoots so so for me personally like the big change is like me acting in this movie pre-motherhood and me acting in this movie post-motherhood because actually i feel like a lot more of the empathetic emotional side of darben started to come through when i kind of went back you know, and I had this rawness and I had this whole new uh, kind of identity shift, I guess, which is like totally superhero-like. Um, and so that for me is like where I would ask anyone who was really watching closely, I'd be like, could you tell? Could you tell? Could that you is tell really cool. I- oh man, if we had yeah. time, I'd be like, I'd, I'd ask you to tell me which scenes came later so I could Seriously? tell you if I can tell. That's amazing. <laughs> So kind of on the topic of the movie evolving, was this ending always the plan for Darben? No. Oh. I see him again. No, it wasn't. Um, It wasn't. There was always going to be, I mean, can I say spoilery things? Yeah, this is for people who have seen the movie already. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there was always going to be an epic death just because in terms of um i just think in terms of like just bringing that story psychologically for carol like to a close i think was always the best thing you know you don't want to think did she defeat her is this over is she gonna be kind of doomed to this life of feeling guilty about this whole thing you know forever and ever or is she gonna get this redemptive moment where dub ends out of the picture and then she gets to almost take on the mantle of what she was trying to do. You know, it's a really redemptive arc for that character. Um, So there was always going to be like an epic fight and an epic death at the end. I will say I did a day's diving training because there was going to be a lot of water involved in the original death. That would be interesting. And then you never filmed it? Yeah. Then we never filmed it. Had to go full Michael Phelps just for... (laughs) (laughs) yeah right (laughs) exactly um there was another ending that we did film where Bree and myself are kind of in space still having it out and they kind of combust together um 
which was really amazing. And that was a, just a day on wires hanging out with Brie, which is, you know, surreal and fun. Um, but yeah, there were a few different plans, I think. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It seems like that's pretty common on a lot of these. They just keep changing and they land on what, what, what serves the story best. Yeah. And also where all of the other threads in the universe are at that time, you know, again, it's like putting respect on the fans names and their investment in these films you know you you want to pull those threads together in everything for everything so you are genuinely part of this universe that needs to um needs to all check out needs to complement each other uh in every way really and um, so uh, you know I'm, I'm happy to be a a, a kind of a movable <laughs> you know kind of um just jelly like actor you know I'm, I'm happy you tell me it's a different scene every day I, i'm good you know it kind of keeps it exciting in a way yeah so kind of on the topic of that if darben were to come back as a variant or through time travel or anything like that are there any characters in the mcu that you would particularly want to cross over with <laughs> i'm gonna say what you all want me to say <laughs> um Mine is mine. If I was in the MCU, it's got to be Iron Man. That would be cool. I mean, oh gosh, who would I cross? There are so many, and again, there are so many kind of like back, like background characters. You think could that person like come around from the outside and you know become someone big? Um, I mean, oh, it would have to be Loki, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> And Daredevil. It would have to be me, Loki and Daredevil, my two <laughs> close, close buddies <laughs> teaming up and crossing over in the way that we always dreamed that we would when we first worked together. <laughs> Once upon a Halloween, I think that that might have happened. <laughs> Once upon a Halloween, we were like, we can make this happen, right? Right? Yeah. Um, I, I guess put put your answers on a, on a postcard to, to Kevin on that one. <laughs> oh, that's that's amazing. Zowie, thank you so much for hanging with us and being such a good sport and being so enthusiastic about this project. We love when people really care about it and they think they get there. You're so thoughtful with your answers about all of this, and we really appreciate it. It makes it so much more fun for us, too. So thank you for hanging with us on Phase Zero. Yeah, thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. Honestly, honestly, thank you. And thank you for taking the time and watching the film and you know, holding this this franchise up, you know, it's uh, it's, it's it's like I think it's kind of hard work at the moment. So thank you, and um, it's just great to be able to talk about it and and not be on strike, and you know, give some nuggets of insight to to those people who really um are kind of delighted by that stuff. So thanks very much. Actually, of course, I think we're all so lucky to do what we do in this world when we're doing stuff like this for a living. So uh, genuinely. Thank you. We're grateful to, for your time and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you soon. Hopefully. Thank you.